0: Hey, yo. Welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple podcast. I am so excited today to dive into a topic that I think we probably don't talk about enough. If you have little kids in the car, if you're listening to this with your kids, please don't press pause. This is probably one you want to listen to on your own. So I have the amazing Caitlin Domner. On the podcast today, you guys are going to love this girl. She's amazing, full of energy, and so good at explaining why this is so important. She is a business strategist. She actually helps really high-performing coaches train their sales teams. She has a business. She has three little kids and older kids. She'll tell you all about herself when she gets on the podcast. But the point is is she's a busy lady, yet she just launched this amazing book about sex that we are going to dive into its contents today on the podcast. And I was like, how can you be so busy? How can you have sex every day? And how can you write a book at the same time? It's just amazing that she did this. But she was at a conference once and she was just, you know, having normal conversation with with some girlfriends and... the topic came up of sex and she explained that she had sex every day and that she had for some time. And she just explains, and you'll hear her explain this in her own words, that everyone sort of looked at her thinking, oh my gosh, like, how do you do that? How do you do all this? How does that happen? And she realized that she had this methodology that was really important to share with the world. So... It is officially being shared with the world. She wrote a book with her husband. It's an amazing book because there's a her version and a his version, and you guys can go to the link in the show notes and check it out, or if you have a great memory, just go to sexeverydaybook.com, and you can check it out there. I highly recommend it. So before we dive into the contents and hear everything we need to know about how to have sex every day, I have a couple of announcements. Number one, I have a workshop coming up in a little over a week about how to plan for a day that includes your work and your family, but also includes other things that matter like food and your health and your self-care and possibly even your sex. So I'm really excited for this workshop. If you want to come learn the plan simple methodology and really figure out how to plan for days that You, at the end of the day, feel so good. You're so proud of what you get done that when that question gets asked, what did you do today? Have you ever had one of those days where you get asked, what you're gonna do, what you did today, and your mind just goes blank, but you're not quite sure how your mind could have gone blank because you're so freaking exhausted because you feel like you've been running around all day, but nothing at the end of the day really felt like it mattered. So, if you've ever had one of those days, you're gonna love this workshop because it's just about con- consistently over time showing up to our days so that we really get done what we wanna get done. And you guys, this is specifically created for working moms. So this is not only about pushing through and hustling and getting work done. This is about knowing when you really have to focus on what food you're putting in your body, when you really have to focus on getting sleep at the right time, when you really have to go on a vacation. This takes in all that. This is not just about being productive with work. This is about being productive with life. So go to plansimplemeals.com workshop And get signed up. It's going to be a one hour, really interactive workshop where you have this plan that you can experiment with for the week after it. Um, And we'll check in during that week as well. So I would love to see you in that workshop if that resonates with you. Okay, what else is coming up? Flow 365 is going to be open for enrollment in a couple of weeks. We start in April. I know that might sound far away. But I have kind of a process for how I gather the next cohort. There's an application involved. So just make sure to take note, to stay tuned in if that that program seems at all compelling to you. This is about a year of really... Leading a life toward the life that you dream. Um, And it's been so amazing. And you will start to hear from some of the ladies who've been through it in the coming weeks, actually, on the podcast. So we're going to double up the podcast for a couple of weeks. You're going to have an interview. Not always about sex, but much like this one, for the next couple of weeks, we have some great interviews coming up about mindfulness, about food, about family, and you'll have all those. And on top of that, you will get to hear from these amazing ladies who are transforming their life day by day. All right. I think that's all I've got to share because I need you guys to hear what Caitlin has to say. So with no further ado, let's welcome her to the show. Hey, Caitlin. Welcome to the Planned Simple Podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Mia. I'm
0: excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you and what a great day for this topic. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I want to go back a little before we dive into the nitty gritties of sex. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I just want to give everyone an overview of who you are writing this book because I think that that's part of the fascinating part of all this to me is, you know, sex, we'll get into this, is an act of self-care, right? Which is mm-hmm. a big passion of mine is to help women take as good care of ourselves as we can. And one of the big obstacles around us taking care of ourselves I find is time. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want you to paint the picture of who this person is who has sex every day and <laughs> written a book, right? Because like, I think that's really important. So tell us a little bit about you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, background, I got my MBA And then in the middle of that, married um, Michael Domner, my husband, which we didn't even talk about this, Mia, but we actually met back in high school and he married the other girl. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) He had a son. Uh, So when we finally were together after his divorce, after everything had happened, um, I started this life with a six-year-old stepson and no idea what I was doing. I decided I wanted to be an entrepreneur, so I started and failed a couple of different entrepreneurial businesses and finally found my niche in virtual coaching sales. So that's our real company, if you will. Mm -hmm. And that really took off. We have been lucky to work with some really big name clients, Allie Brown from the coaching industry, Fabian Fredrickson, Deepak Chopra. We build and manage their sales team. So most people know me for business strategy, business scaling, and sales in the seven years that we've been able to make about two and a half million dollars for ourselves, seven plus million for our clients. We've also given birth to three babies of our own.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So it's it's not calm. I mean, it's, it might be calm, but it's busy.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's definitely busy. So my husband and I work from home while raising our four kids. Um, we, and, and you know what, it's interesting fitting sex in every day. It's just been so normal for us. I, Didn't even realize that this was something unusual until I I started talking to a couple of girlfriends and they were like, well, we don't have sex every day. I was like, why don't you have sex every day? Oh
0: my God, I love it. Um,
1: And I sometimes wonder now looking back if prioritizing sex every day and just making that our normal and our ritual has actually been what allows me to have the energy to do everything else that I do in my life.
0: Mm, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that. All right. And and it's funny because I, I say that a lot. We think about that a lot in mean, my world around time because so often those things which we make feel like they are a big deal or feel mm-hmm. like they take a lot of time, actually don't take so much time but have such a big return on their investment. I mean, food is sort of the same way.
1: Right. Yeah. Like, I think people think about sex as this special thing that you know valentine's day we are all thinking about it one day a year for sure um but we think of it as just a meat and potato sex right just and and i will be honest right it's i'm very efficient minded. I like things to be as fast as possible. <laughs> if we can get both of us to orgasm in less than 12 minutes, I consider it a win at the end of a oh long day. Oh my God, you're hysterical.
0: <laughs> All right. So now that we're talking orgasms, let's go back. Let's 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 bring people through your process because it's fascinating totally. to me and sort of the why, um, why this really works and who mm. this is for. So do you want to bring us through that a little bit? Because I don't feel like I need to answer questions. You have this so down pat.
1: Got it. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't realize there was a system until I started talking about it, but it really comes down to three things. And these are the three things that we talk about in the book. There's a him version and a her version. But ladies, the first thing that you want to prioritize, and if we're talking about starting simple, this is the first one that you can implement tonight, is sleep naked. So we've been doing this every day since wedding night. It was the strangest thing in the world to me. I had gone from my family's house, to having a roommate in college, to living with a bunch of girls afterwards. I never slept naked, it was crazy. But I love it now, and there's a couple of reasons that I love it. Number one, I love it because as we think about intimacy, we're already halfway there, right? Just- yes. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to go through the arduous process of undressing every time we wanna have sex. It's just standard. The other thing that I like about it is that it actually forces vulnerability. It's very difficult to hide things like anger or shame or resentment in your marriage when you're lying naked next to somebody. Um, A lot lot more is going to come to the surface more proactively. I also like it because Michael is a visual guy. I think a lot of guys are visual guys. So just seeing me naked every night before we go to bed and every morning as we're getting up. Like that, it's really, I feel sexy, right? Because he's looking at me exactly as I am. And, and that feels wonderful to just be adored like that uh, on a regular basis. It's also allowed me to confront a lot of body shame that I had.
0: Mm, I was going to ask you about that.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. There is something really powerful about running my hands over my own body with saggy nursing mom boobs and hips and thighs and stomach and all of those things that we usually hate and turning it into a gesture of love, like thanking my body for all that it does for me every day and just being really grateful for this beautiful temple that I've been giving and allowing myself to honor it this way.
0: I love that. And the the thought that's coming to my head, and I know I'm not the only one in my community who like, you know, going to bed is actually a really important thing Mm -hmm. that we don't always, you know, prioritize as busy people. Right. So I'm thinking like, gosh, if you're naked, you're probably not getting in bed with your laptop to like finish up the day's work. (laughs) Right. Like it's like, you've like drawn a line. But it's just so nice to sort of like draw that line and you know that, that line is sort of helping, is being
1: drawn just by the nature of what you're wearing or not wearing. Yes. And for those fellow moms out there, I strongly encouraging, encourage you to let your husband take care of bedtime, right? Mm. Let them do the book reading. Let them do the prayers. Let them do the songs. Let them do lights out. You can come back and cuddle and kiss and say goodnight, but use that time to switch gears from mommy mode into wife mode. I love taking bubble baths, like, well, Epsom salt, lavender oil baths, but I love really hot baths, even if it's just 10 or 20 minutes. That soaking time allows me to decompress, literally wash off some of the puke and the pee and the poop that happens throughout (laughs) the day, (laughs) and just mentally wash myself of all of that daily gunk that comes up so that I can be fresh and smell good also, which is really nice. Um, but just more importantly, emotionally prepare myself for switching gears into an entirely different phase of, of my life. I love it. How old are your kids right now? Uh, the oldest is 16 now. And okay. And then we have seven, five, and the youngest is turning three on Saturday.
0: Wow. So it's like mm-hmm. the whole age range. So yeah. So it's interesting because, so I was like the bedtime Nazi for many, many years. Mm-hmm. You know, people would be like, for real, your kids all go to bed at seven. Yeah. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so, it's so funny because that time afterwards was really sacred to me. You know, yes. it's like, I'm fine. It's at 7.30 at night. I'm like still awake. I can be attentive. You know, I mm-hmm. felt like I was such a, it's, I was such a good wife and it's funny that you have both ages now. So now, and and seven was only pushed by my oldest, right? So now mm-hmm. I have a 15 year old, 13 year old and an almost 10 year old. Uh-huh. And so when my 15 year old was 10, he was still going to bed at 7.30. <laughs> like no questions <laughs> asked, you know, cause he's the oldest. So innocence is, I guess, bliss, I don't know. So now he's pushed that a little bit. So it's later. So it's interesting cause I find myself you know, like God, it's like nine thirty. Are they still really awake? Oh you know, you know. <laughs>
1: it's like why it's happening. So cranky when it's like eight thirty and I know he's still awake. I'm like, Mommy already punched the clock. What are you guys still doing out of bed? <laughs> I
0: know. So I found it was like a real transition for me to like figure to reimagine. I feel like we're always having to reimagine a little bit, right? Like mm-hmm. as our kids grow and change and bedtimes change. I feel like. It was actually easier for me at night when they were littler, as I guess. But this was a long way of saying that. And so so now I have to draw the boundaries differently.
1: Yeah, I wonder, is there space where he could have or she could do in room time where they're reading a book oh yeah
0: and so now that's what's happened that's definitely what happens but it's interesting because it took me a minute to just re-imagine that and and be okay and and him knowing (laughs) the other
1: night the other night he's like good night mom like i know in his room and say mommy and daddy are having personal time right now (laughs) well
0: he said you go have fun with dad and i was like what on earth does that mean like you know (laughs) Like does that just come out of your head? (laughs) It's like, mom, I'm gonna
1: finish reading. You go have fun with dad. (laughs) I I don't think enough kids appreciate that they literally owe their lives to sex. Like, (laughs) (laughs) this is true, right? (laughs) This is true, literally.
0: Okay. (sighs) So, okay, so thing number part number one is naked, and there's so many parts that I love about that, especially as women, you know, really hitting yeah. our bodies to it making sex easier.
1: Mm-hmm. So absolutely
0: and And if somebody's like, "That sounds so weird to me, do you have like a way <laughs> to ease into that? <laughs> like or do you just recommend people just start sleeping? It sounds like you just had this epiphany one day.
1: Yeah, we just started when I married Michael, we just started it. Um, uh one gal bought a heated blanket cuz where she lived was cold. I always have a a bathrobe by the foot of my bed yep. so I can grab it in an emergency or when somebody's has a nightmare in the middle of the night. Like Yep. So there's different ways that you can address it, but um if you if you share a bed I'm going to with your kids, I'm going to recommend maybe stopping that. But <laughs> first, right. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> co-sleeping here um yes. but yes uh yeah just making like mentally and we always suggest all of this start as a two-week trial so just give yeah yourself i love that short time frame where you can test it out maybe sex every day is not your cup of tea but i'll explain in the next section why it's actually easier than it sounds okay. um but just give yourself a time frame two weeks, right? Valentine's day is the perfect time to start this, right? Yeah. And we talk here We've
0: a lot about a weekly experiment. So it's like, just look (laughs) at it as an experiment and try it and see what happens. See if you love it. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what's the next part? Okay. So number two is eat from the menu. And this was what The menu is what allowed me and Michael to communicate openly about sex because I am an over communicator. I am an extroverted external processor. I talk in order to think. My husband is an introverted internal processor. He prefers silence. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd like to talk about everything, including sex, and he really didn't want to talk about sex. So what I came up with to give us and it's, it's essentially just a big elaborate metaphor, is I came up with the menu. And in the menu, there are appetizers, which is everything that comes before sex. So massages are great, um, the bath that I mentioned is good, words of affirmation is my personal favorite. Um, so everything that gets you in the mood, everything that comes before, you know, the sex is what we typically think about, appetizers. The next one is side dishes. This is everything that comes in connection with, again, I always put sex in a, in um, kind of air quotes because I want you to start thinking about everything on the menu as sex, right? There is that intercourse, that orgasmic experience that we put in the entree category. But I really want you to start thinking about the entire menu as sex, as intimacy, whatever you want to call it, but start opening the idea of what's possible. Side dishes, my favorite side dish is fantasy, right? But it might be candles, it might be music, it might be, um, you can come up with your creative solutions in the book. We have a sample menu you can kind of use as a starting point. Uh, But fantasy as a side dish, for me personally, is helpful because I'm a multitasker. If I don't have my brain actively engaged in sex, I will be planning the menu for tomorrow. I will be responding to that email I forgot to write. I will be making my task list for tomorrow, all my to-dos. I'll be laying those out. So my brain will shift back into work mode and I will literally check out. But fantasy or just narration, right, just talking through what we're actually doing brings me back to the present moment and helps me stay grounded so side dishes are helpful for just enhancing the experience and then entrees are pretty self-explanatory these are the things that people think of as sex Uh, it's anything that gets you actually to that point of climax so there's the traditional intercourse There's oral. There's anal. There's like we're getting really explicit here. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I'm
0: fascinated. (laughs) But I
1: will say my favorite is hands. Hands is the easiest for both of us. Uh, We Mm. get there fastest with hands. So I would say five to five days a week. Right? We're probably using hands because it's the easiest, the fastest, and the least amount of work. And we we work a lot. So um, being creative about what you like. The other point that I want to touch on is I don't come through traditional intercourse. And I, when I did my research, about 66% of us don't come through traditional intercourse. So normalizing that, don't feel like, oh, I can't, I can't get there through that. Um, I think broadening your horizons and say, no, I want what I want. The menu gives you this frame for asking what you want and finding out what your husband wants in a really easy, non-awkward setting. Um, And so, yes, I think giving yourself permission to want to orgasm every day, but not needing to have intercourse every day is something that I think it's important to mention.
0: I love that. And well, so there's two things I wanted to point out. One, that the bath, Falls into the menu. I think that's ingenious because I think we forget that a lot of things that we decide are selfish as women Oh yeah, actually really help that situation, which in some cases we're wanting to give a man, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like this idea that you would ask for a bath and your husband to put the kids to bed is actually like, part of something bigger and it's not really selfish at all, right? It's like part of that. And even just feeling good and having your hair cut or your toes painted. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of that is actually part of this, right? And asking for your back rub, like all of that. So I love that part that it's not, that this is all part of the same thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's fantastic. And then the second thing I was going to ask is about the orgasm part and i read the woman part of your book so i haven't Mm -hmm. dived into the man part yet but i think men feel guilty about that sometimes is that true like and how does one get it does does the process does this process get them through that so 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 i I just feel feel like i feel like we as women take on this like guilt, like this whole thing in movies and everywhere that we're faking an orgasm because oh. we don't want somebody to feel bad. And so <laughs> were you saying that like, it's okay, is kind of like, that's amazing permission to everyone listening. Like, it's okay. It doesn't have to be bad. We don't have to, they, I just feel like that's so empowering as a woman. Yeah. So yeah many levels, I- like sex aside, <laughs> you know, like all these things that we fake in life.
1: I will say, I think my early innocence, because I was in a very conservative um, community growing up, I think that actually saved me from a lot of that because I have, I've never even felt the urge to fake an orgasm. Like, um, if you're not getting me there, it's your responsibility to fix the problem. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> so, so I think it's, yes, it's giving yourself permission to say, I want what I want. And here's the other epiphany. Gals, your husband is absolutely committed to your pleasure. One of the chapters in the book is he is your Casanova. He wants to feel like he is the master of your body, that he can turn you on, that he can get you there. Like, there is nothing more exhilarating to a guy than causing a woman to come. Like, that is the ultimate masculine energy, right? And so he the way I think about it is the menu is just giving him a system so he can get it right, right? Guys like systems. (laughs) If you just tell them what to do, they will follow the list. So the menu is giving him the checklist so he knows how to check the right boxes to get the right response. Like he desperately wants to pleasure you. You just need to give him the roadmap to get you there
0: yeah and I think a lot we talked about this actually on a past podcast. I had um Jenna on which you guys i 'll link to it in the show notes for anyone who wants to go listen um, and her focus is really on women women who don 't like sex but want to and um, what was interesting is I think we went in a little bit to how even everything that men are learning about sex like they didn 't learn that from women they learned that from a lot of stuff that was probably developed by other men, like, you know, mm. porn and movies. And, and so we really do have to speak up. Yeah. Um, and that's so important. And I think we might, you know, it's, it's easy to shy away from that or mm-hmm. feel like you don't, you might not. We, we have, we created such habits of, you know, we don't know what we want or, you know, not trusting that. So I love yeah. that.
1: Yeah. And what I will say is uh, for the menu, it's built on this idea of mutual invitation So we want you, and I I usually will start it because I think it's a little bit easier when the woman initiates. It's not always necessary. Mm. Um, But hey, love, what would you like from the menu tonight? Right. This is my way that I can show up loving and serving my husband. What would you like from the menu tonight? Starting a conversation that you know he wants to have, but (laughs) (laughs) he sometimes wants permission to start. Right. So what would you like from the menu tonight? And then my husband will ask me, I don't know what's on the menu tonight. Because, ladies, let's be honest, not everything is always on the menu. <laughs> right. You do not always feel up to oral. It's just, it's a lot of work. So, making sure, coming back and saying, well, what do you think about this or this? Right. And I usually am talking about entrees specifically, like which entrees were on the menu. Yep. So there's this or this and he says, "Okay, perfect." And then he creates his combo platter. "I would love if you would just massage my back for a little bit and then we can go into our usual. Uh what would you like from the menu?" And then I, of course, have a very long list. I want all the courses. <laughs> I want to start with words of affirmation. I want him to worship and adore me. I want a side dish of fantasy. I want our usual, and as dessert, I want to cuddle, so I will give him my four course requests, right? I love and that Some of them really overlap, so he can be giving me words of affirmation and telling me I'm a goddess as I'm massaging my back again, efficiency win win so yes. <laughs> so it's just that that mutual um asking and giving feedback in a way that's. Um, not emotionally charged, right? It's not, there's nothing negative. We never focus on any of the negative. It's always positive. What I do like, what I do want, and then just letting the rest be silent.
0: I love that. Mm-hmm. Will you, will you look, can we go on a little side about the love languages for a sec? Please, absolutely. I, I've read the book, but I don't know if everyone listening has, and I found it very, very helpful. So yes. you referred to the words of affirmation. So will you just mm-hmm. explain that a little bit? So everybody listening knows what you mean?
1: Yes. It's Dr. Gary Chapman's book, five love languages. I think it's the numeral five lovelanguages.com. And I highly recommend it. It was really helpful for me understanding that this need for words that I have is acceptable, it's normal, it's actually just how I fill my love cup. Because before I just felt um, like I must be needy and insecure and high maintenance and all of these negative criticisms because I literally needed to hear my husband tell me that he loves me, that I'm smart, that I'm beautiful, that I'm brilliant so many times every day. And, and I didn't have a way to understand what I what I needed until I read that book. And we talk a lot about five love languages in the his version. Okay. So for the guys, we kind of assume that the guys are on board just when they read the title, they're like, yes. <laughs> so we talk to them. It's more of a relationship book and we give them lots of ideas in the five categories. So words of affirmation is mine. Physical touch is Michael's, right? He loves physical touch. And the analogy I use, ladies, is uh, if your husband told you that he loved you as often as you have sex with him, would you feel adequately loved and nurtured? And if the answer is no, then we need to start bringing more physicality into our relationships because usually for men, that physical touch is usually very high on their five love language profile but they don't get that from anyone else in the world right husbands don't i mean women we laugh and we touch and we hug and we cuddle with our kids and we're very physical beings so it's very normal for us but men especially in traditional work environments physical touch is pretty much exclusively coming from their wives and if we're not giving it to them they're starving inside
0: Right. And I think a lot of times in that, in the, in the, I'm mean, not, you can use the word combo in, in your language, but mm-hmm. so in what, when, when a woman has the, the words of affirmation and a man has physical touch, a lot of times for anyone listening, if you haven't aligned those things or realized those things, then what happens is when a man wants to touch and a woman doesn't feel like she's gotten what she needs, like we're, we're doing what we want, right? But not always mm-hmm. what we, giving what we need.
1: Yes. Right? You very instinctively will give the love language that you want to receive in Yeah, rather than uh, finding out what your partner receives in and, and switching that gear. Which um, totally
0: makes sense if you don't mm-hmm. know this, but,
1: yeah. but as yeah. a result, I, I think I that's sometimes why we're like, yeah, don't do that now. <laughs> don't touch me
0: now. You haven't told me I love you 17 times.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly exactly um and then in terms of the other three uh another big one for me probably my second is acts of service okay. so when my husband cleans the house holy crap i am so turned on right right <laughs> so when when our husbands do things for us um that might be our love language um uh, quality time is another big one So making sure that you, so Michael and I have weekly date nights, right? We have a scheduled babysitter. She comes in, we leave. The kids don't even say bye to us anymore. It's just, this is normal. But having that time for you guys to be just together, just husband and wife, not all the other roles that you're playing and all the other hats that you're wearing, making sure that you have quality time uh, with each other is really important. And then lastly is... um, it's blinking at the moment. Oh, things, right? Oh, Um, gifts, of course, yes. Yes. This is pretty low on mine, actually. It's higher on Michael's than it is on mine. I will buy him roses rather than the other way around. Um, But yes, gifts. My daughter, actually, that's her primary love language. When I buy a gift for my seven-year-old, she lights up and she is just, she feels so adored. She loves it. So this even, the five love, language, love languages is brilliant because it works with almost everybody in your life. If you can dial in what makes them feel honored, significant, appreciated, loved, um, you're going to find all of the relationships in your life blossom. I love that. Well, mm-hmm. and that's
0: why in your case, if your second one is acts of service, it's why putting the kids to bed, your husband oh, Yeah, is that is Double duty, right? <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. So we
0: have, we, we, number one was we're sleeping naked. Number Mm -hmm. two is we have this set of this menu that we have menu. And what's number three?
1: And this is my favorite. (laughs) So ladies, if entrees are being served, you come first. And I mean that fucking literally, I want you to come first first. And we talk about this a lot more in the his version, but physiologically, it's important for you to come first because it takes you longer to warm up your engine. Uh, It takes you longer to get wet. It takes you longer to engorge. It takes you longer to do all of this ramp up period, right? So we put you first so that we are both fresh and this is really enjoyable. So it might take you a 15 to an hour, right? Some, some gals, it takes them longer, but that seduction, that foreplay time, it really is helpful for getting you ready and in the mood so that you're enjoying the experience. And then I, even if I'm not interested, (laughs) I'm like, no, it's okay. We'll just do you tonight, right? My husband does not let me get away with that crap, right? (laughs) He will just start, you know, running his hands over my body and Playing with me and nibbling on my ear, and he's like, "Are you sure?" And I'm like, "Well, I guess I could be convinced, right?" Yeah. <laughs> and then as soon as I come, I am. Oh wow! All right, yes, it's on. Whatever you want, darling. It's all on the menu now. Yeah. So that experience, and I think women who say like I don't like sex or I'm not interested in sex as much as I used to be. My guess is that you're just not orgasming very often, right? If we could get you orgasming every night, every day, like you wouldn't not want to have sex. <laughs> Orgasm is awesome. And so having prioritizing you and giving yourself permission to come first, like there's so much psychological that needs to happen for you to prioritize your own pleasure. And that is the subtitle of the book, how to prioritize pleasure in your marriage. But ladies, I would love it if you prioritize pleasure in every area of your life Mm. a little bit more. So you come first is rule number three, and that is a hard and fast rule. I don't let yourself off the hook with that one. I love that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we have
0: these three things you just alluded that it could take an hour. So now I'm going to take a step back cuz before sure. it was fast because I know that there's benefits to all this that like mm-hmm. so for anyone who's like I'm sure there's people listening who sounds like oh my god this sounds amazing it's so inspirational like I can't believe it's been 10 years and you know that's so cool. So but what about the person who's like, I yeah, no, like, I don't have time. I'm not feeling close to my husband right now. Like the mm. kids are not, my kids don't sleep like yours do. I mean, there's so many excuses we can make, right? Oh, yeah. So what, let's, let's, let's lay out some of the benefits of this that we might not be thinking through.
1: Right. So benefits to having sex every day. I mean, you can just Google it. There's a lot of physiological <laughs> benefits. Uh, stress goes down. Cortisol levels go down. All those happy endorphins go up, um, right? People who have sex every day admit, like, confess to be feeling closer to their spouse. Mm-hmm. They argue less. Um, there's a lot more trust in the relationship. There's a lot more playfulness and friskiness that starts coming out. Um, open, more open communication, right? When you're able to talk about this a little bit more openly, it'll start opening other doors. One of the gals who was. Testing her a book for us, she said, "I always used to have to initiate conversations about the next day and planning, and and now my husband is initiating that. Uh, I and I'm that. really finding that he's opening up. Um. So, and I, I do want to address. You said, I just don't even feel that close to my husband anymore, guys. I, I gals, well, I didn't say that, but right, no, no, <laughs> I'm <laughs> imagining somebody else might be saying that. Right, somebody else might be saying that. <laughs> um, I understand that." the longer you've been married, right, the more water has gone under the bridge. And there is a lot of uh, maybe built up resentment or frustration, or maybe he was unfaithful, or maybe you were unfaithful, or like all of these things can really start to add up over time. Maybe it's been a really long time since you guys were intimate. Yeah. Um, So so initiating this uh, conversation, that's why we did the his and the her version so you guys can both read it. You can both be on the same page. You can both have conversations about it. The two-week trial is nice because there's no pressure after that. You guys can both say, yep, I'm in it for two weeks, and then we'll, we'll evaluate how it's going. Um, of course, if there are deeper trauma issues, f- by all means, find a marriage counselor, find a therapist, find somebody that's safe that you can talk about that with. We joke like, this is just frosting, right? You put frosting on a perfectly normal marriage that's really genuinely healthy, you just want a little bit more yumminess. Um, if your marriage is not feeling that great, let's, let's prioritize working on that first and then shift into it. But I would say for most of us, if there's not actual trauma, it's just yeah, we just don't really kind of, we hot bunk it at night, we don't see each other that often the kids keep us so busy. We, we just don't have time. Uh, I would say it's a matter of prioritize
0: prioritization.
1: Yeah. You and I both have the same 24 hours in the day that Richard Branson has 24 hours in his day, right? Yeah. We all have exactly the same number of hours. It's absolutely where you're choosing to spend that time and what's important to you. So really going deep on, do I want to save my marriage if it's that bad? Do I want to enhance my marriage? In my opinion, your husband came before the kids, he'll be there after the kids. Like this was a very long-term commitment you created. It's kind of like your health, right? Even if you don't necessarily know that you wanna go to the gym, right? Or that you wanna take your vitamins, like you recognize that investing in your health is gonna have long-term returns on that time investment. Same thing for this right? You are going to be hopefully married to this person for a very long time. Wouldn't it be better if you enjoyed that experience?
0: So true. I love it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, okay. And then let's just, just in case anyone's not convinced yet, which I'm hoping everyone listening is, <laughs> let's just talk about the kids for a minute because, mm-hmm. well, you've written a book. So I'm imagining your kids know that you've written a book mm-hmm. <laughs> that, Thus, your secrets out of, out of the basket. But, but I mean, kids are going to pick up on this happening at some level, right? Whether they are talking about it or not, and some may say some may be uncomfortable with that. But Mm -hmm. I personally think it's amazing because I think that part of the reason we got here is probably because we didn't have this understanding, um, you know, in Mm -hmm. the past. And so, what what do you feel like are the benefits of kids understanding that this is just part of a relationship? (laughs)
1: <laughs> so I will say the sixteen-year-old actively closes his ears whenever we start. <laughs> we start yeah, of course, is, evidently. <laughs> um, but for our younger kids, like this is this is just normal. I mean, like they'll see us naked, right? They're still young enough that I'm not worried about that. For my daughter, especially, I I will probably be naked around my daughter in perpetuity, right? Because I want her to recognize that her body is beautiful and that there's nothing to be ashamed of. I want her to see me with all my imperfections. So she has something to compare it to when she's being inundated with magazines and models. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that there, that there's a lot of value in being open and transparent and vulnerable, not creepy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think that um, like when my kids grow up, right, I want them to Expect that sex every day is a beautiful and fun and healthy and pleasurable expectation to have from your marriage. And um, whether they're girls or boys, um, and I think really starting that conversation. I mean, we've had some actual some sexual abuse in our in our family dynamic, uh, extended family dynamic, and so it's important for us. We do talk about boundaries and private parts are private, and all of those kind of things. But not from a place of shame, but simply from a place of owning your body, honoring your space, right? Honoring your own boundaries, and being really uh, clear in articulating what you do and don't want. And I think that can start, I mean, that starts even with our three year old. We have those conversations about what's okay, what's not okay, and being able to say yes or no in a state of choice around every aspect of our physicality. That can start with our kids immediately.
0: Yeah. And I think it's so, I love this and I got it. We could speak hours of this and we're not going <laughs> to, but um, but just where we are right now in history and you know, we last year, the whole Me Too movement. And, right. and, and I see this a lot actually with food. So it's like, mm. I, I, I see this parallel to it, which is that we always are focusing so much on the negative, but we don't necessarily have the best role model for the positive, right? So in the case of food, like we're not going, those of people who feel good aren't always heard and you're not always understanding that what they're putting in their body is making them feel good. And it's like the same with sex. We're not talking about it and, and how it feels good. So then we end up in these shame situations where something has happened to our body that we don't want, but we don't have that other side. Like we don't have the other side of the story to understand that it can be sacred. It can be great. Like mm-hmm. all these parts. And so I, that's where I think this is such an important message
1: for our yeah, kids. Yeah. Or that it should be, right? Like ladies, we should be enjoying sex. Like yeah, we're not, we're probably doing something wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I love that. So that mm-hmm. part is, I just think is, is so important. Just the idea that this is all part of of self care and and how yes. and how it really is a somewhat you know it takes some time but it's a somewhat fast i don't want to say fix but it's a you know it really does help our relationship in this state that we're in of parenting
1: mm-hmm. absolutely um,
0: just because it's such a it's such a easy connection in a time when you know a lot of things around us are pulling us away from each other you know mm-hmm. working and school and you know all that stuff Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. So is there any parting words that you would have for everyone? And and then I want everyone to know how to find this book, which has just come out. We should all go get.
1: Thank you. um, you know what? I think it's just, I, I want you to be completely convinced that you are beautiful, that you are sexy, that you deserve pleasure, that you don't have to apologize for taking up space, for shining brightly for asking for what you need, that you are absolutely beautiful and perfect. And I want you to really own that at a soul level uh, because ultimately like that confidence is going to be the most attractive quality that you will ever bring into your relationship.
0: Mm, I love that. Mm -hmm. So good. All right. So
1: tell us where we can get the book. Yeah, my Michael and I are housing our book at sexeverydaybook.com. So you can go there to purchase your copy. It'll be a hard hardback book with the his and the her both included. And then we'd encourage you to come back and register for our free resources. We have a lot of yummy goodies uh, that we're creating. A printable menu plan, uh, a sticker chart so you can celebrate your progress on the. Two oh my God, titles. that's amazing! Well, that works perfect with us because we have a planner, so right? <laughs> perfect in that. I love it. Well, I am such a gold star girl. It's so funny. Um, we're gonna have a free Kindle download, so if you guys want to read it at the same time, you'll have an electronic copy. And then I just invited my energy clearer, my the gal that I work with, to do a his and her kind of. Um, tapping into your sexuality mp3s so you guys can listen to those and really start clearing some of those blocks that might be getting in the way of your sexuality so i'm really excited about those
0: oh my gosh that's so exciting and i love the way just for everyone listening i was privileged to be able to read it and i love the way that you did divide it into his and her because i feel it's funny i'm in my relationship i think i'm the introvert and I love that you could read something instead of have to Mm -hmm. talk about it first. I don't know. To me, that's a relief. (laughs) (laughs) So so the way you guys wrote it is so beautiful because it really does, as you said, in a healthy relationship, start a conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, It really helps you just get started. I mean, that is the number one. You know, that's step one, I think, is to, you know, each read the book together
1: yeah. Um, and, and we are hoping to spark more conversations. Like this is one hell of a conversation starter at cocktail parties. Yes. <laughs> but it's amazing the the quality of conversations that I have with women when I mention that I'm writing this book um, is just outstanding. I think all of us would love to talk about it. We just have no way to even begin talking about that in a way that's not weird and creepy and and kind of yeah, so it's this is a really great way to start opening doors and, and talking about things that need to get talked about.
0: I so agree, oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> so thank you so much for being here today. What a perfect Valentine's Day
1: podcast.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank, thank you, you so much,
1: Mia, and lots of love to everybody listening.
0: At the end of every podcast episode, we dish out three doable changes so you can take what you've heard and put it into action. And you guys, this is where change happens. This is really important. And here's the thing. We always choose three doable changes. And I do that on purpose so that you can really choose the one that resonates with you. Because in order to make it happen, it needs to resonate. But that doesn't mean that you try all three necessarily at once. It's really great practice to pick one thing a week and really commit to it and schedule different time blocks in your calendar where you can move toward it and figure out how it fits into your already busy life. And I promise if you do this week after week, after a year, you will have a bunch of new habits and things that you do on a daily basis that you don't think about anymore because you fit them into your life in a really organic, great way, okay? So trust me on that one. So here are the three to choose from. Number one, sleep naked. One of Caitlin's first tips is to having more sex is to sleep naked. Give it a trial week or two. To help make it work, try sheets you love. If you live somewhere cold, maybe try a heated blanket, or I've heard great things about weighted blankets. Have a bathrobe near the foot of your bed if you're worried about kids. So obviously, you probably don't want to hop out of bed naked in the middle of the night if someone's sick or is needing your attention, but just have that bathrobe at the end of your bed and then you just sort of put it on and go do your thing. All right. Number two, know your partner's love language. You guys, you need to know this. I think we've talked about it on the show before, but this is a really important tool to understand. We've linked to the Five Love Languages website in the show notes, so you can go check those out. But also, there's a book that you can order on Amazon, which I found was a really good and helpful read. There's lots of free printouts online. Just Google it. You'll find so many resources, but the important thing is to figure out what your love language is and what your partner's love language is and what some of the behaviors are that each of those love languages really likes. And I, what you might find is that where a lot of disconnect happens is when you respond to a situation with your love language instead of your partner's love language and vice versa. It can, it's where a lot of disconnect can happen and it's so easy to fix. Okay. Number three, transition out of mom mode. Have your partner put the kids to bed while you do something for yourself. Literally until this interview, I thought of this as a really selfish act, but when she explained that doing this was actually kind of like helpful to your spouse, it was sort of like the beginning of what was going to happen later in the night, the beginning of sex, then it had a whole new meaning. So I love this doable change. So spouse puts the kids to bed. You get to take a bath. And just remember, don't do the dishes. Don't get lunches ready for tomorrow. Really focus on something that nurtures you. So you could take that bath. You could go for a walk if it's not freezing cold and snowing where you are. You could do whatever helps you transition out of mom mode and into spending really good time with your partner. Alright, those are the three doable changes from this episode. You can go to the Plan Simple website and get lots more ideas for doable changes if none of these are resonating. We have a free printable that has doable changes in the areas of food, lifestyle, home, and work. But what I would love you to do is have this practice of choosing one doable change a week because I really do believe it will rock your world. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple podcast. Bye for now.